Unity Community of Central Oregon's podcast featuring Reverend Jane Hyatt. Oh, so you left me standing in the doorway, crying, blues wrapped around my head. We have all been in those doorways for one reason or another, the things that happen in our lives. We, we don't know how to get ourselves out of that. We don't know how to choose forgiveness. This, this book is a wonderful book called The Book of Forgiving. It's by um, Archbishop Desmond Tutu and his daughter, Mafo Tutu. And they write about it. And so they went through the horrors of apartheid. She went through a personal thing where her nanny was murdered in her home. You know, they have really significant things themselves to forgive. And they tell the story of other people who have really terrible things to forgive. I think we all, we all can weigh the things that we carry in our hearts. And some of them are really, really difficult. And some of them are, you know, they're hard, but they're not that difficult. And they, they don't measure compared to things that some other people go through. And each person has to decide for themselves how that's weighing on their heart. That isn't something anybody else can say, well, yours isn't that bad. We don't get to say that. And one of the prayers that they have in here is a prayer before the prayer. I want to be willing to forgive, but I dare not ask for the will to forgive in case you give it to me. <laughs> and I am not yet ready. I am not yet ready for my heart to soften. I am not yet ready to be vulnerable again. Not yet ready to see that there is humanity in my tormentor's eyes or that the one who hurt me may also have cried. I am not yet ready for the journey. I am not yet interested in the path. I am at the prayer before the prayer of forgiveness. Grant me the will to want to forgive. Grant it to me, not yet, but soon. So today, Sylvia and I are going to talk about doorways to forgiveness because one door may not be a door you're willing to go through today or any day, but another door might be your door. So we want to give you a number of doors because there are many ways into that room of forgiveness and hopefully one of these will really sing to you and allow you to go through in your perfect time. So the first door that I want to talk about is the process. And it's the process that they talk about, which is fourfold. The first step is to tell the story of what happened. The second step is to name the hurt this is what happened. How did it hurt you? Only number three is actual forgiveness. And the fourth step is restoring 
um, I guess, reinventing, really, reinventing or releasing the relationship. After what happened, it will never be the same. So these are four steps. You, it's difficult to just say, I forgive, automatically. It's called a spiritual bypass. You know, you, you have to allow yourself to know what is it you're forgiving. I, I have worked so often with people who come in and they tell me about something, you know, often from their childhoods, and they say, but I've forgiven. And yet they're in denial of what actually happened. They, ha they maybe have um, like a mental story of it, but they haven't let themselves feel it emotionally. And it's difficult to forgive something that you haven't even let yourself feel. It's, it's a step, but it's not the real work. So if this doorway of going through the steps is your doorway, one thing that you need to know, nobody can tell you how long each step takes. And for something in your life, you might find that you can go through those steps with kind of rapidly, and others, it's going to take a long time. And you just have to, you have to feel it for yourself. When are you ready for the next step? You can't beat yourself up because you're not ready yet. Yeah. You have a doorway too, don't you? So one of the doorways that's been incredibly helpful to me is Course in Miracles. I'm going to read you something um, from this. I've been studying it a lot the last couple of years. But I want to preface all of this by saying I have created a life that has given me a lot of opportunity to work on forgiveness. <laughs> and I think it's because it has not come naturally to me. My normal, I shouldn't say normal, but my programmed natural approach is to attack back. And some of you know about some of the circumstances of my life the last few years, which have been challenging and public and ongoing. And one of the most shocking things about all of that was realizing how attack-oriented I was and how much hatred I really had just beneath the surface, especially when I got hit. And this is out of lesson um, 134 in Course in Miracles. There are 365 lessons, so this is quite a ways in. And it says... <laughs> Let us review the meaning of forgive, in quotations. For it is apt to be distorted and to be perceived as something that entails an unfair sacrifice of righteous wrath, a gift unjustified and undeserved, and a complete denial of the truth. That is exactly where I started <laughs> with it. And I, for, I had forgotten. I started coming here shortly after I was kind of recovering from all of this, and Jane did a talk then, and brought up the book of forgiveness and I started working with it and I love the prayer before the prayer because that's also what the course teaches just be willing I had to start my forgiveness work by saying I'm not willing I am willing to get willing and that was terrifying in and of itself because I think we we tend to I have tended to wrap my identity around the other person's wrongness and um 
One of the things that has been incredibly helpful for me, one of my pathways, is, is just really taking a step back and focusing in on my own indwelling Christ, my own Christness, reaching that place within myself, usually through meditation, through prayer, where I am experiencing my own bigger self, myself with a capital S, and then realizing that everyone else has that as well. Forgive them, Lord. They know not who they are. That's a place that I have been able, able to work with. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. I think that they know not who they are is maybe it's a slightly different doorway <clears throat> and that's recognizing shared humanity I, I really relate to your outrage I, I have found for myself that the thing that makes it the hardest for me to forgive is when I am sure that that person just had no right to be existing on the planet in that particular form. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know, they, I mean, it was just wrong, wrong, wrong. And as long as I'm in the judge position, you know, I my energy is caught up in that. In fact, I had an experience once with, um, I do these Akashic re soul readings, and so there was a woman that came to me because she couldn't get over um, her anger at this man. He was a former boyfriend of hers, and um, he had been abusive. And what made her so angry was that he was still doing this just now to somebody else. And the, the thing that came up in the soul reading was the story of her in an old English courtroom. And he was some culprit who the judge was letting off. And she's in there. I could see her like she's banging her shoe on the day, on the bench, and she's so mad because he's getting scot-free, and he shouldn't be gotten free. And, and it was like from that. So whether you believe in past lives or not, it's, it's a story of this outrage and anger that somebody's getting away with something, and he should be stopped. And, and meanwhile, all of her life energy was going there. It was like she had painted herself into a corner and she couldn't live because she was doing that. Yeah, when I hear Victor's song, which is beautiful, thank you, and the image of I'm standing in the doorway crying, that took me to your meditation, which is our non-forgiveness is what keeps us standing in that doorway crying. And as I first started moving through forgiveness in a big way these last couple of years, I first could get to the point where forgiveness is not about saying what you did was okay, but it is about saying, I'm taking my power back. I mean, when I think about how much time I spent hating on people who I couldn't even recognize in a crowd, I didn't even, and they didn't know that I was hating on them. It's like drinking rat poison, expecting them to die, right? <laughs> that, that's where you were at. More recently, I've been working to go a lot deeper with it. And, I, and I'll, I'll give you an example. I recently had a really bad interaction with a person who I believed was a true friend. We had a business uh, arrangement, and this person wound up being incredibly dishonest with me at a time when I really did not need that. And... The beautiful thing, the beautiful classroom that that particular experience is, is that it was doubly painful because 
it was a friend who had betrayed. But I also genuinely loved this person. And I was able with, with this situation to go into that inner quiet, to go into that place, and literally to, to talk to this person from afar, um, Christ to Christ, and to talk with her saying, you know, I see you in the avatar way. I see you. I know that you're a beautiful spirit. And I had done that a couple of times in my morning meditation, genuinely. I made sure to check myself. I was being genuine with it. And right after that, they paid the first part of money that they owed me spontaneously. So this is something I'm working with. I don't know what you want to call it, but sort of staying in the fourth dimension, kind of letting, okay, Holy Spirit, you handle that earthly stuff. I'm going over here. I'm going in the Christ consciousness, and we're going to talk from there. And I still don't know exactly where that situation's going. And to your point, what I love with the four steps in the Book of Forgiving, that fourth step you either reinvent or release. And there is a fine line that I don't yet know between Mm -hmm. um, forgiveness and wisdom. Because the reality was I got into an unwise situation with this person in the first place. I knew they were unreliable. So maybe you could speak to that. Mm -hmm. Well, I think... What, what's occurring to me is that one of the doorways is that recognizing that life is happening for you, not to you. And so there was great learning that you got from that situation and, and many of the other situations that come along. Like when I think of some of the things that have happened in my life, like, for example, my divorce from my husband of 17 years has had lots of opportunity for forgiveness and for just exploring more about myself and what I wish I had done differently and so I get an opportunity to forgive myself. You know, it's just been rich in that way. And I feel like I am growing. My life is in a better place. And so I can hang on just really being outraged at him. And I'd like to say I don't do that anymore, but I do. You know, it's, it's like the, the stages that you go through. I ha- no matter how much I work on it, I haven't quite let it all go. But it, it helps knowing that this happened for me. And I think another doorway is recognizing shared humanity. So when I get in my outrage place, it helps me to take a look at, uh, you know, I'm not quite on the perfect list yet, <laughs> even though part of me thinks I should be. I know I'm not. And so just, just a quick little peek in that door reminds me that, you know, are the things that I think that he did so much worse than the things that I feel like I have done? And can I find it in myself to forgive myself and maybe also cut him some slack? So these are some ways to think about it. There's another really beautiful teaching in Course in Miracles that the act of forgiving someone else, giving is always receiving, the act of forgiving someone else is powerful for us because it, if we can believe that someone else is worthy of forgiveness, we can more easily start to believe it about ourselves. I think self-forgiveness is actually the hardest of all of this, truthfully, mm-hmm. and, at the, and at the heart of it. And I loved your meditation because I was blown away. I, I did two prayer forms this morning, one for myself and one for a family member, and both had to do with safety. Because one of the big 
um, aha moments for me lately at 50. I have, I, my whole life, I've believed that my big core limiting belief was I'm not good enough. That's wrong. I've actually always believed I was good enough. I have not felt safe. And I think, I think you, it's much harder to forgive when you're in a place of feeling unsafe. There's safety in holding on to the blame of someone else. So this, mm -hmm. is, this is new turf for me. But I, but I think that we're rarely upset for the reason we think we're upset. And that's what I'm learning. So this was, again, this recent situation was a classroom mm -hmm. um, to, to get to a little deeper layer of core belief. There's another little doorway that I recently tripped onto. It's, um, I've been taking the, some of the Unity ministry classes, and one of the cool, many cool things about that is that it's had me going back to like old foundational 1930s um, Unity writings. And there's this lovely little book by Myrtle Fillmore, How to Let God Help You. And there's some, a lot of stuff of forgiveness on here, but one of the practical little tricks that she points out is one of the ways to reach forgiveness is to replace the thing being forgiven, the grievance, the resentment, whatever, with something else. And I had a really powerful experience of this not too long ago with a sibling of mine who happens to be a little judgy, and we have a little strained relationship, you know, and, um, and it just was really stinging me. And I even called my mom, which is like unheard of for me, and which was beautiful, collateral beauty in and of itself. <laughs> um, and she was very insightful. And I realized my, my brother has a tendency to do what he does because that's exactly what, how we were raised. We were raised competitive, judgmental, and, and all that. And as soon as I saw that, I just flooded. This is my little brother. So I just got flooded with compassion and that sense of protectiveness and was able to replace the grievance with that compassion and love. That's been a really powerful doorway mm. for me lately. Oh, nice. There's another, I'd like to read this. It's a little bit long, but um, this is something that a man, <laughs> sorry, not quite enough hands here. I yeah, need to be Shiva with the many hands. Um, This is um, a man named Stone Handy who came here. He's been traveling around the country, and he came to Unity a few weeks ago and just loved this community and sends his blessings and love to all of you. Um, but he, he shared this poem that he wrote, Unforgiveness. Oh, you dark hole with slippery sides. I tried to escape many times. Sliding back became a habit. You became familiar, an old pal, an excuse for a drink. Sometimes you were better than the numbness I felt. You had me, along with your brother's revenge and regret, and your sister, self-pity. I was in bondage. So many knots I tied over insults and assaults unforgiven. Memories would be triggered. I would steam and tie another knot. Every corner I turned could have a trigger. The chatterbox would kick in. Remember that? Remember this? Remember that? Huh? Huh? Remember how it felt? And I did. It burned up my energy. Anger is high octane, inflammatory, exhausting. I lost friends over you, lost sleep over you, 
my heart was hardened over you. I questioned my anger. Your puppet chatterbox would say, it's justified. How can you forgive something like that? I agreed and agreed and agreed until I got tired, realizing the depth of my bondage, started looking for the key. I knew I held it. I swept you out the door, you came back. Wrote you on a piece of paper, cast you into the sea, you came back. Threw you in a fire, you came back. I cast you out in ceremony, ignored you in meditation, cast you into another fire. You came back weaker. I had you on the ropes. Still, on occasion of weakness, you could rear your ugly head, rattle my emotions, because I agreed to entertain you. One magical day, by chance, on my journey to freedom, I backed up to a sacred river, Rock Creek, Campsite 2. The river ran through it. I sat by the rushing waters, rattling, like the, rattling the rocks. Its sound and movement hypnotized me. I went into a trance, floated in time without measure, so peacefully. Suddenly, I said out loud, <clears throat> I forgive myself for anything and everything I have ever done that needs forgiveness. I forgive the world for anything and everything ever done to me that needs forgiveness. There was a pause. These words floated in an echo. I forgive it all. I felt this weight lift over me like something left my body. I felt lighter, free. I sat and cherished that moment. I knew I was done. I knew. Rest in peace, unforgiveness. So he was telling me that as, yeah. Thank you, Stone. He was telling me that as he sat there in the meditation, before he was able to do that, it was like the rocks lost their form and everything lost its form. And he's just sitting in a state of godness. And in that state, what I realized listening to him was, how do we hold on to what we're mad about? We have to be so locked into form and say, this is solid, this is immovable, this is cement. It cannot be forgiven. And yet in a quantum world, everything is fluid, everything is possibility, and we pull reality with our thoughts into form. So we're keeping it there, and we don't have to. There is a doorway and we can walk through it. So we've given you a bunch. I wish we had time for more because this is a huge topic. But I, I really challenge you to do this meditation with the door and see if you can walk through one of these doors. Because your life will be lighter. Your prayers will be more effective, as Kevin was talking about. We need to be standing in the doorway of light because that's the door on the other side of the forgiveness room. And we are here to stand in light.